Welcome to another edition of Northwestern Outdoors Radio, the award-winning show covering fishing, hunting, conservation, destinations, and other outdoors recreation across the greater Northwest. Northwestern Outdoors is brought to you by Max Lur, Sportsman's Warehouse, Sina Sea Seafood, and Wallowa County Chamber of Commerce in the Northern Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery Program. And now, let's see what's happening this week with your host, John Cruz. Welcome aboard. I've got good news for you. After Tuesday, we won't have to put up with those political ads anymore on TV and on the radio. And that is a good thing. They sure do get annoying. Having said that, I would urge you to get out the vote. You need to vote. You need to get your friends to vote. And this is a very important election, especially if you're like me and you don't like a lot of the changes that have come down the pike the last couple of years. I mean... If you don't like what's happening at a national level or in your state or maybe in your county or in the city you live in, well, remember the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. This goes for your votes for your politicians, too. If the politicians that are in power are not doing the things you like, well, it might be time to vote for a different politician or a different party and see if things change for the better. Just some food for thought there. But other than that, I would say vote your conscience with one exception, and that would be if you're an Oregon voter, I would urge you to vote no on ballot initiative 114. This is a dangerous piece of legislation that would make it virtually impossible to purchase or transfer a firearm in the Beaver State, And it has all sorts of other unintended consequences, too. All right, let me get off my political high horse and let's talk about the outdoors, shall we? Because we've got a lot to talk about this week. We're going to talk to Meg Carney in just a few minutes. We had her on the show recently. She's the author of Outdoor Minimalist, also has a podcast by that same name. But she's also a freelance writer. And she just wrote an article for Field & Stream magazine about the best bear sprays you can buy. She's also got some great advice about carrying and using these bear sprays as well. After we talk to Meg, we're going to have Jaime Rodriguez back on board, the man behind J-Rod Angling. He's got some more advice for you to help you catch walleye this November and December. And then we're going to check in with Connor Lease with the Idaho Department of Fish and Game for our monthly roundup of news from the Gem State because there's always so much going on when it comes to fishing, hunting, poaching news, and conservation issues there. In addition to this, we've got some hunting reports out of Montana, and we'll also get a chance to check in with Candy Yao. She's a very well-known huntress who lives in Oregon, and for nine years now, she's been putting on hunting camps for the ladies. Well, now that is expanding, and she's also putting on a youth camp and even some long-range shooting classes for ladies, too. I think it's wonderful how she is sharing her passion with others and introducing both kids and ladies to the sport of hunting. You'll definitely want to hear about these camps, and if you are a woman out there or you've got a kid, you might want to sign them up for one. As always, we've got your Sportsman's Warehouse Trivia Question of the Week where you get the chance to win a $25 gift card from America's Premier Outfitter. And if you put it all together, I'd say we've got a great hour of the outdoors coming your way. So, Let's get things started the way we always do with another edition of Sportsman Spotlight with David Sparks brought to you every week by the Ag Information Network of the West. 
Mark Hatfield is the Director of Conservation for the National Wild Turkey Federation, and he recently told me this. Since 1985, we have conserved or enhanced over 20 million acres of habitat for the wild turkey. And for the second year, the National Wild Turkey Federation is hosting its Conservation Week to bring awareness and emphasis to its conservation mission and the role of hunters in creating healthy habitats and health harvests. Throughout Conservation Week, the NWTF will share its conservation accomplishments, organizational milestones, and ongoing initiatives, all tying together the mission to conserve the wild turkey and preserve our hunting heritage, specifically through the lens of the NWTF's American Big Six of Wildlife Conservation, recent funding of wild turkey research and content that captures the essence of the soul of the American hunter. The week will begin with a message from NWTF co-CEOs challenging viewers to engage the NWTF digital channels throughout the week and to get outdoors and contribute to conservation in some form, whether mentoring new hunters, picking up trash, planting trees, enhancing wildlife habitat, or other activity that pushes the conservation needs forward. Great efforts in a much-needed cause. We're big fans of stability. It's not something you hear every day, but in an industry as volatile as agriculture, it's really good to know. At Northwest Farm Credit Services, we've been financing the needs of farmers and ranchers for over 100 years, through thick and thin, because we believe in what we do and who we do it for. So if partnering with a stable lender sounds good to you, give us a call. We'd be happy to help. Northwest Farm Credit Services, here to help you grow. Equal opportunity provider and employer, equal housing lender. Weed growers, are you looking for stands that deliver? Syngenta's Pacific Northwest seed treatments provide proven protection against a broad range of seedling diseases and pests. Cruiser Insecticide offers control of aphids along with the vigor effect, coupled with Vibrance fungicide rooting power, and now Viantis fungicide seed treatment to reinforce your Pythium protection. Syngenta seed treatments encourage plants to develop stronger root systems for improved performance and higher yield potential. To learn more, contact your local seed supplier. Always read and follow label instructions. Sure hope you outdoorsmen have enjoyed this episode of Sportsman Spotlight. I'm David Sparks. See you next time. You're back in with Northwestern Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. We've got Meg Carney on the line. She is a freelance outdoors writer. Just wrote a great article for Field and Stream, Ranking Bear Spray. And I thought this would be a good topic to talk about because we've had two bear attacks this month. One near Shoto, Montana. The other one in Leavenworth, Washington. And this is a, a topic we really need to address right now. Meg, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So you wrote this article for Field and Stream. And folks, if you go to Field and Stream, you'll be able to find the full article too. Just go to fieldandstream.com. But before we go there, let's talk a little bit about the highlights of the article. You went through the various bear sprays that are available on the market today, and you tested them to determine which was the best one. What went into this test to determine what was the best bear spray? Well, a lot of it was research. So looking at what a lot of the regulatory bodies would recommend. And so I looked at what the National Park Service recommends and sells, what the Forest Service recommends, and what the Interagency Grizzly Bear Committee, what their regulations are. 
So that was kind of like the starting point to even decide which ones were worth looking at. But as far as I could tell, all the bear sprays that are on the market, they are fine to use and they are regulated. So that's positive. And then after that, it was just seeing if the specs that the company had on their products matched up. So seeing how far it sprayed, what the cloud kind of looked like, because they kind of have different patterns. They can have like a stream or like a shotgun cloud type pattern. Right. And the shotgun or cloud pattern is what you're looking for. So I know Andrew McKean does tests for optics for outdoor life. And I mean, these are insane detailed tests. Did you get a hold of canisters of the various bear sprays and actually take them out and test them to look at what the discharge looked like, what the cloud looked like? Yes. For this article, I did test the bear sprays. So I got to look at the different patterns, how long the streams lasted, which they should last at least six seconds. But most of them did like seven to nine seconds, depending on the volume. And also just like knowing the general potency and how easy it is to take out of the holster and discharge, I think was important. And I don't recommend that anyone necessarily goes out of their way to test a bunch of different ones because it is pretty potent. I think knowing how to use it is important. So if you do like a practice round, I would recommend wearing like gloves, mask, eye protection, all of that, because the spray is very strong. I have no doubt it is. And that was one of the things I was thinking about when you're talking about testing it. That probably wasn't the most pleasant experience of your life. I'm sure you got a little bit of blowback, didn't you? Yeah, it helps if you do it in a non-windy setting. Especially if the wind's blowing towards you. So, yes. all right. Yes. Got to ask, of all the bear sprays you tested out for this article, which one was the best overall and why? So the one that we ranked best overall is the UDAP or UDAP bear spray. And honestly, all of the bear sprays that are listed, so the other ones are Guard Alaska, Counter Assault, and Frontiersman, all of them were very effective um, so ranking them was kind of difficult, but the UDOP one has ranked as the highest potency and it did really well in our other categories as far as how easy it was to deploy, how large the cloud was, and then how long it had for a stream, especially for the volume, because I think this one had a lower volume and it was just at 7.9 ounces, which is the lowest it can be, according to the Interagency Grizzly Bear Committee. So that was important to know that even at that low of a volume or net weight, that it was still really effective. Well, it's funny you mentioned the UDAP, the UDAP bear spray, because the bear spray I currently have, it's counter assault bear spray. It's six years old. I had it out on a hike earlier this summer. What what I thought I was dealing with was a bear. It turned out it was a cougar. Didn't have to deploy it. But I realized after I, I put it back that the bear spray was six years old. And these things, they expire in about, you know, three, four years. So in terms of their potency, mm -hmm. it just drops off a, a lot after that. So I was at Costco, of all places, and they had uh, the UDEP bear spray on sale in a two-pack. And I picked up a two-pack, and then I read your article and found out that I actually made the right choice, didn't I? <laughs> yes. I mean, <laughs> any of them are very effective, so I don't really think you can make a wrong choice in that arena for the ones that we tested, but I do like that one. Well, let's talk and a little bit about carrying bear spray and when to use it. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the first rule is it's got to be accessible in a hurry, right? Yes, and I think it's important to remember that 
bear spray is not a substitute for following proper bear avoidance safety techniques. So it's important to know all of the things that make you bear aware. And you can learn a lot about that on the National Park website. So I recommend doing that first. (laughs) But yeah, tips for use. Basically, you want it to be readily accessible, which is why we would recommend having a holster. So you can just wear it on your waistband or a belt. And you don't want to store it in your pack because you're not going to have time if there is actually a bear encounter and a subsequent attack to take it out of your pack and actually protect yourself from the bear. You know, you're Um, absolutely right about that. And, you know, I read about these bear encounters all the time. And even look at the last two, you know, the one in Shoto, Montana in October, there was a, a guy who was out upland bird hunting and he was near a thicket and this bear just charged out of the thicket. He had no idea it was there and attacked him. And fortunately, he was able to use his shotgun to go ahead and ward off that bear. And then in Leavenworth, It literally was a lady at her home letting her dog Mm -hmm. out in the morning at dawn, and she was attacked by a sow that had two cubs. So you're absolutely right. You don't have very much time at all, and having it in a holster that's readily accessible is really key. And it's really important that you know how to use the bear spray, not just carry it, but actually have an understanding of, you know, removing the safety and pointing in the right direction and how it works, right? Yeah, and if you can... It is helpful to practice at least removing it from your holster and removing the safety clip with your thumb. And if you can, practice in a safe setting, so the wind at your back or into a headwind, something in that scenario, or just no wind. It is helpful to practice firing because then you understand kind of how it works and how long it will spray. And you have more time to react then because you have that muscle memory, I guess. Yeah, you're completely right, Meg. The muscle memory is key. Your brain will do what it's practiced. It's not going to learn new tricks in the middle of a crisis. It's going to do what it knows to do. So having the bear spray, knowing how to remove the safety, knowing how to you know pull the trigger, so to speak, which is not hard at all, just having that practiced motion is really key. And you can either use expired bear spray like what I have, or you can use inert bear spray. They sell that in some instances to get trained on how to use this, but it's absolutely key. Let's go ahead and, and change subjects here. want to just let listeners know again about your new book and your podcast, The Outdoor Minimalist. Yeah. So my book, Outdoor Minimalist, it came out on September 1st. And so it's available at most major retailers and in various online locations. And it talks about how to minimize your environmental impact when you're outdoors recreating or when you're looking to invest in new outdoor equipment. And the podcast, it expands on a lot of those ideas, but makes it more of an industry-wide discussion. So I do know the book is available on Amazon, but I do recommend checking your local bookstores to see if they have it available or if they can order it. Otherwise, you can check out bookshop.org. And then the podcast is available anywhere that you listen to podcasts. All right. Well, the podcast is The Outdoor Minimalist, and the book is Outdoor Minimalist. And if you want to read more about the rankings for the bear spray, just go to fieldandstream.com and look for this article by Meg Carney. And go ahead and arm yourself and be protected from a bear attack and, well, for that matter, from other animals like cougars, too. It'll be in your best interest and that bear or that cougar They'll go away a little bit wiser for the incident, but not harmed in the long run. Meg, thanks for sharing this with us today on Northwestern Outdoors Radio. Yeah, thanks for having me. 
Hi, I'm Craig Boddington. I've written about hunting for 40 years, much of it in bear country. I trust my life to bear spray because the research is in. It stopped bears 92% of the time and prevented injury 98% of the time. Bear spray requires less accuracy and won't harm your companions or the bear. Carry bear spray in bear country. Keep it accessible and practice. Public lands and waters are integral to our outdoor heritage. Become a member of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers and stand up for our public lands and waters. Visit backcountryhunters.org today. You're back with more of the great outdoors on Northwestern Outdoors Radio with John Cruz. You know what time it is. It's time for another extended Max Minute from Max Lure. And with us again is Max Pro Staffer Jaime Rodriguez. He also works at Valley Marine in Yakima if you're looking to buy a boat. And he's got a great YouTube channel. Check it out at J-Rod Angling. Jaime, glad you're back. Hey, thanks, man. It's been a while. Thanks for that plug. <laughs> no problem. Last week, we were talking about where to find walleye in November on the Snake and Columbia Rivers. This week, let's talk about how to catch them. What are a couple techniques you like to use this time of year? I usually run the same presentations during the whole year, but this time of year, I tend to switch up those presentations just a little bit more. So, for example, in the spring summer, I'm with the one one small blade. Right now, I'm making my presentation, my profile bigger. So then I'll up it with like a one five and go with the Wally Pop. Big body bait. You're gonna want to try out this time of year. And that Wally Pop again, bigger profile has that tube. Do you put scent in there at all? So that's another good thing with the Wally Pop. And even in the colder months. So you want to just make sure that you're making your chances great by, you know, putting scent in there. And with that Wally Pop, you're able to use scent shaver. And I do. Every time that I fish a Wally Pop, I use scent. And I use scent a lot of the time during this time of the year, even if it's on a a cha-cha setup as well. All right. Both the Wally Pop and the Cha-Cha are great lures to use from Max Lure. Tip them with a night crawler and use a bottom bouncer weight and you will be in business. Got about 10 seconds left. Any other lure you use besides spinner worm harnesses? Crankbaits, but also to focus on that hot wing. I have a video online that shows the hot wing with the crankbait setup. Okay, check it out at J-Rod Angling on YouTube. In the meantime, if you are looking for any of these products, look for them at a sporty goods store near you or online anytime at maxlure.com. Wally pop, wally pop, oh wally, 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 wally pop, wally pop, oh wally, 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 wally pop, wally pop, oh wally, 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 wally pop. Sweeter than a crawler on two hooks, spinning smile blade all the time. Fill the two percent to catch those fish and walleye, you're mine. It's the Wally Pop, only from Max Lure. Sportsman's Warehouse is America's premier outfitter with the gear you need for fishing, hunting, camping, paddling, cooking, and just about anything else you can do in the woods or in the water. With over 125 stores across America, there is bound to be a Sportsman's Warehouse near you with not only the gear you need, but also the experts to help you get the most out of the product you purchase. Head down to your local Sportsman's Warehouse today or shop online anytime at sportsmans.com. That's sportsmans.com. From a bull elk ripping a bugle across the valley to wing beats on a duck marsh, 
public lands and waters are integral to our outdoor heritage. Become a member of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers and stand up for our public lands and waters. Visit backcountryhunters.org today. Welcome back to Northwestern Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. It's time for our monthly check-in with the Idaho Department of Fishing Game because there's always so much news when it comes to fishing, hunting, and the outdoors coming out of the gem state. With us today is Connor Lease with the Idaho Department of Fishing Game. Connor, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, John. So we got a lot to talk about when it comes to fishing and hunting. I guess we'll start off with pheasant because I don't think a lot of people think about Idaho for pheasant hunting, but you have a very robust program when it comes to stocking pheasants in some of your wildlife management areas, don't you? Yeah, we sure do. This year we're looking at about roughly 30,000 or so pheasants we'll be stocking across about 24 areas, including 14 of our wildlife management areas. Tell me a little bit more about this program is it just a one-time stocking every year, or does it happen several times over the course of the season? It happens several times over the course of the season. So pheasants are, by and large, the most popular game bird species for upland game hunters found in Idaho. And so hunters and supporters of our pheasant hunting program asked us to expand our stocking program and include even more additional properties. And in fall this time of year, it's you know the high point of the hunting season. Trees are beautiful, air is cold and crisp. And there's a lot of opportunities for game species all across the state. Well, there's a reason that they're very popular. I mean, they're big, they're beautiful, they're slow, and most of us as hunters can actually hit them. And not to mention the fact they taste delicious too. So kudos to right. the Department of Fish and Game for actually having 30,000 of those birds to plant on your wildlife management areas and elsewhere. Uh, something else that's going on in the month of November in Idaho is trout stocking. A, a lot of states are not stocking trout in November, but Idaho is. Where is this taking place? That's right. Um, it's going to be taking place all across the state. Some regions more than others will be uh, stocking over the course of the month of November, roughly 18,000 catchable-sized rainbow trout or catchables. Not nearly as many as we, as we see in, in the busier summer months, but still offers a, a great opportunity for, for anglers to go out and Hopefully, if they have a winter coat, don a winter coat, but also kind of if you're if you're new to the sport of fishing, uh, get out during some of these colder months. In November, a lot of folks don't know this, but it's a really good month to go trout fishing because, you know, these trout, they're putting on the feed bag so they can survive through the winter months, and that goes for the hatchery mm-hmm. trout too, you know, so get on out there and cast a spinner, cast a spoon, cast a fly. You'll probably have some great success. Where can folks find a list of where these trout are being stocked? So they can go to our website. Um, We have a press release out that has a whole list of all the different fisheries. A lot of them are family-friendly, easy to access. But we have a full list on our website titled uh, Statewide Trout Stocking Highlights for November 22. All right. So from pheasant and trout, let's go to pet safety. Understand in the Boise area, a little dog was killed recently, and it might have been by a bobcat. It might have been by coyote. Tell us more about this incident. Yeah. So on October 24th, uh, like you said, this happened in, in Boise, Idaho, in our southwest region. On October 24th, uh, our southwest office received a report from a Boise resident that their dog had been taken out of their backyard 
by a wild animal the previous morning. So one of our conservation officers went and investigated, found both bobcat and coyote tracks in the area. Also, they found a collar that was left about 100 yards from the house. The officer wasn't able to locate the dog or say definitively what the predator was responsible. But based on the scene, they suspected that the dog was initially attacked by a larger cat, most likely a bobcat, based on the tracks uh, before it was scavenged and removed by coyotes. Interesting. Definitely a weird situation. But, you know, this is the time of year. I mean, I live in a small town that's bordered not by wilderness, but at least by wild lands. And you always see flyers go up, especially at the edges of town, Mm -hmm. missing dog, missing cat. And with us, it's usually cougars that are getting them. But Mm. what can homeowners do to make sure that their pets don't fall prey to to predators? So there's a number of things, because right now, winter's, winter's quickly approaching. A lot of these prey species are moving down lower in elevation. Case of Boise, you know, they're moving down and taking over the foothills just right outside of town. But with them are coming the predators as well. So some of the things that residents can do, obviously the big one is never feeding wildlife. That can lead to uncharacteristically bold or aggressive behavior from both predators and prey, but also securing your garbage, closing off your crawl spaces beneath your house, cutting back that thick brush that surrounds your properties. That's a, that's a prime place for predators and, and prey to to hide out. Also, bird feeders. It's not something that a lot of folks really think about, but a lot of those bird feeders attract smaller prey like squirrels, which can lead to, to coyotes, bobcats, anything coming into your backyard. But also another thing too that, that residents can do are feeding your pets indoors. That's a big one, not leaving pet food outside. And then just also keeping an eye on vulnerable small pets. Oh yeah. We have a little Shih Tzu in our home and she's black mm-hmm. and she's white. And we have owls that frequent our area. And I didn't know this, Mm. but your average hoot owl, uh, one of the things they prey upon are skunks. And I was looking at my dog and like, you look just like a skunk. (laughs) She was always in the fence backyard, and we are always supervising her in the winter months when the owls are out to make sure she is not flown away, so to speak, by a, a great horned owl. So great advice there. Turning to another subject. Poaching. I understand some poachers got their comeuppance in Madison County. Tell us about this case. So, yeah, uh, on the same day, October 24th, this past Monday, Braden Freilich uh, was sentenced in district court in uh, Idaho's Madison County for multiple wildlife crimes. One of those included a felony count of unlawfully killing, possessing, or wasting wildlife, as well as one misdemeanor count for hunting with a revoked license. So what were some of the animals he killed and what was the punishment that he got? So our our conservation officers teamed up with Madison County Sheriff's Office and turned up seven illegally taken animals, including a five-point white-tailed buck, two-point white-tailed buck, three white-tailed does, one bull elk, and one pronghorn antelope. All of these wildlife violations occurred during the months of July and August of 2021 near the town of Rexburg, which is also in Madison County. Also, as part of his sentencing, Freilich received a lifetime hunting revocation in Idaho, as well as the other 48 states that are members of the Wildlife Violators Compact. Is there anything else people should know about this poaching case? Yeah, Poaching Game wants folks to remember that, you know, if they have any information on a wildlife crime, we encourage them to, quote-unquote, make the call to our Citizens Against Poaching hotline. Um, That number is available on our website. It's available 24 hours a day. Callers can remain anonymous. 
And it just goes to show that, you know, a little tip that may not seem like a huge deal can lead uh, to much bigger cases, as in this case, helping our conservation officers connect the dots and put a lot of these criminals to justice. I couldn't agree more. All right. Last but not least, I understand you've been out hunting yourself and you actually tagged out on an elk this season. Tell us about that. That's right. Yeah. I drew a a controlled hunt uh, tag for a cow and successfully punched my tag about two weeks ago. And it was the worst pack out of my life. (laughs) But that meat will be so worth it. So it's all good. That's right. Folks, if you want to find out more about fishing and hunting and the news surrounding these topics and Idaho along with conservation issues, go to the Idaho Department of Fish and Game website. Just Google Idaho Department of Fish and Game. You'll get there in a hurry. Check out the media page and look for the news releases and you too will be in the know about what's going on in the Gem State. Connor, thanks for sharing this with us today on Northwestern Outdoors Radio. John, thank you so much for having me. Come to Oregon's Wallowa County for outdoors adventure. Hike, ride, paddle, fish, or sightsee to your heart's content. And then visit one of our wonderful towns, whether it be Joseph with its beautiful bronze statues, our county seat in Enterprise, or one of our charming small towns like Wallowa, Imnaha, or Troy, where you can eat, shop, and sleep before continuing your adventure the next day. Plan your visit now at WallowaCountyChamber.com. That's WallowaCountyChamber.com. Enjoy a meal of wild Alaskan seafood delivered right to your door. Sina Sea offers premium quality wild Alaskan fish and shellfish to include Copper River King and Silver Salmon, Halibut, Black Cod, King Crab, and of course, Copper River Sockeye Salmon. Order it blast frozen or smoked and experience a slice of Alaska for a special meal you won't forget. Buy your seafood now at SinaSea.com. That's S-E-N-A-S-E-A, SinaSea.com. You're back in with Northwestern Outdoors Radio. We've got Candy Yao on the line. She is a very well-known huntress who lives in Oregon. She and her husband, Randy, have actually hosted television shows in the past. And something that Candy is very passionate about is sharing her hunting heritage and the outdoors with others. That's why she puts on a ladies' camp every year in Oregon. And she's expanded those offerings, too. Candy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. You last year offered a ladies' camp, the ninth annual ladies' camp, a youth camp, and some advanced classes. Why do you do this? Oh, it's just a passion of mine. I mean, there's few things in the whole world that brings me more joy than watching someone's eyes when they get it, whether it's just shooting on the range or whether it's harvesting their first animal or just getting out in God's country and just seeing the stuff that, you know, a lot of people in this world don't see nowadays. Oh, you're right about that. A lot of people who live in urban areas particularly just don't get out into nature. So it's great that you're offering a conduit for that, especially to folks who might otherwise not have a mentor to teach them these things. Let's talk about where these camps are taking place. Both camps took place at the Dry Creek Ranch at Fort Rock, Oregon. Is this a new location for you? Actually, we've been doing camps here for about five years. We actually live there now, so this will be our main camp area, although we do travel and do additional camps as well. But yes, the Dry Creek Ranch in Fort Rock. 
you know, Fort Rock, incredible thing to see if you've never seen it before, folks. It's basically looks like a fort in the middle of the desert. It's actually the remains of an old volcano crater. It's definitely worth checking out. Let's talk about some of the, the camps that you offer. We'll start off with the ladies' camp. That took place in July this year, the 14th through the 17th. What happened? So we had about uh, probably 75 ladies, and you add instructors and volunteers onto that. And so it was around 130, 140 people there. And we offered 24 classes, everything from pistol, rifle, shotgun, and archery. We bring in an elk from one of the local elk farms to get to skin and quick quarter that. And then we do Traeger demonstrations the next day with the meat, so they get the full field-to-table concept. We have tracking and scouting, orienteering, elk calling, you know, just so many classes and all of the ladies just kind of go from one class to the other throughout the day. We have a outdoor apparel and concealed carry fashion show, which is a hoop. And it's just a lot of camaraderie and learning and becoming best friends with the other ladies. 75 people. This has really expanded over the years in terms of more participants, hasn't it? Yes, we started with one camp of 20 10 years ago, and we are now at, we can have upwards of five or six camps. And yeah, you're going to be looking at between 30 to 75 ladies per camp, except for our advanced classes. When we do the advanced camp, we knock that down to 10 ladies. Those are, you know, really intense, a lot of training, and we want our instructors to give them every bit of time that they have. Well, given what your advanced classes were last year, I understand that one of them was advanced rifle and the other one was long-range shooting. And yeah, you do need some one-on-one time if you're going to master either of those skills, don't you? Exactly, yes. And is this also taking place out at your ranch? You basically have a range there? We have a range there, but what we did was we took this to Sheridan, Wyoming and held it at the Weatherby Ranch. And we had Brenda Weatherby and then we had Nick Katlika, I'm hoping I pronounce his name right, from Leopold, who's a professional shooter. And Nick was our main instructor and he took 10 ladies, had them dial their own rifles, just their hunting rifles. These aren't professional long range rifles. And every single lady was shooting effectively to a thousand yards by Saturday at noon. Color me impressed. Tell you what, in this day and age, I actually want to identify as a woman just to take part in these classes in this ladies' hunting camp, but I guess that's not going to happen at my age. So let's talk about the youth camp. And this one's fairly new. I I don't remember talking about this one on the air with you before. Nope. This was our first youth camp. What happened was we were having a lot of young ladies take the classes, and I think some of you know the young men were feeling left out a little bit, and they didn't want to attend a ladies' camp. So we opened it up last year, and for our first camp, we had just over 30 participants, and it went amazing, absolutely amazing. We taught basically the same classes, switched it up, had a little more fun, you know, some games in between to keep their attention on it. But every kid left happy and wanting to come back again, and so did the instructors, and our sponsors are eating it up. So the next question is, when are these camps going to take place in 2023? Yes. So the dates are not set. Because we don't have enough time in the summer, we're looking at a ladies hunting camp in Arizona in April. We are looking at an advanced pistol slash self-defense with a pistol using a cert gun in May. And we're looking at doing our advanced rifle slash long range shooting again in Sheridan, Wyoming with the Weatherbees and Leopold in June. And then our regular ladies hunting camp and our youth camp at Fort Rock in July. All right. Well, the website to go to, folks, is ladieshunting.com. You'll find links to 
the advanced classes, the youth camp, and the ladies' hunting camp. Now, 2023 has not been populated yet, but you'll want to keep on this site and register as soon as it becomes available. Can people actually contact you and register now, or do they need to wait? They need to wait to actually register, but if they want to contact me, I can give you an email, or they can just go to the website and put info in. They don't have to register, and it'll shoot an email to me, and I'll get right back to them. We also have social media on Instagram as well as Facebook. So, Candy, this is fantastic what you're offering, but I understand you've got some long-range plans to offer even more, and even some of us guys might be able to participate. Tell us more. That's correct. So we started with just a ladies hunting camp, youth got involved, but now we've got a lot of people interested in wanting to do things either as couples or as just men's camp. So we have gone, we're we're in the process of going into a nonprofit, changing the main name to hunting camps, and then we'll incorporate ladies hunting camp, youth hunting camp, you know, advanced camps, couples camps, or even men's camps down the road. It's going to take some time to organize all that. But we see the need and and the people are wanting this, so we just feel like we need to step up and just go for it. Well, I'll tell you what, when you are ready to go with these new camps, you get a hold of me and we'll share it with our listeners on this show. That sounds great. Thank you. All right. Ladieshunting.com. That's the website to go to. Ladieshunting.com for the Ladies Hunting Camp, the youth camp that's open to boys and girls from 8 to 18 years of age, and of course the advanced classes too that Candy told you about. If you want to learn something new or up your game, these classes, these camps, they are for you. Candy, thanks for what you do and thanks for sharing this with us today on Northwestern Outdoors Radio. Absolutely. Thank you so much. This portion of the show was brought to you by our friends at Cena Sea Seafood. That's the family-owned company that delivers delicious, wild-caught Alaskan seafood right to your door. And with the holidays coming up, it is November, it's time to start talking about the holiday season. You want to do something special, and if you want to do something really special, order seafood from Cena Sea. You can get salmon. We're talking not only king salmon and silver salmon, but also Copper River sockeye salmon. And if you're not a fan of salmon, want some white meat? fish? Try the halibut. It's absolutely delicious. There's also rockfish. There's also sablefish. And there's more than that, too. Just go to SenaSea.com. That's S-E-N-A-S-E-A.com and order some very special seafood caught out of the cold waters of the Gulf of Alaska and delivered right to your door. You're going to love it. Your guests are going to love it. Your family's going to love it. You simply can't go wrong by ordering seafood from Cena Sea. The website again, cenasea.com. Stick around. We've got more of the outdoors coming your way to include your Sportsman's Warehouse Trivia Question of the Week. Did you know we actually have a sponsorship opportunity available for this show? That's right. You can be a sponsor of Northwestern Outdoors Radio, reaching thousands of listeners every week, tuning in to 69 stations in seven states. If you have a business that caters to outdoors enthusiasts, this is the platform for you, and you're going to find it's much more affordable than you think. Contact me through my website at northwesternoutdoors.com, and let's get a conversation started. That's northwesternoutdoors.com. 
Located in the northeast corner of Oregon, Wallowa County offers a unique destination rich in natural beauty and outdoors recreation. Enjoy the clear waters of Wallowa Lake. Take a tram to the top of Mount Howard for million-dollar views. Hike or ride into the Eagle Cap Wilderness and fish or raft the Wallowa and Grand Ronde Rivers. It's all waiting for you in beautiful Wallowa County. Plan your visit today at WallowaCountyChamber.com. That's WallowaCountyChamber.com. Sportsman's Warehouse is America's premier outfitter with the gear you need for fishing, hunting, camping, paddling, cooking, and just about anything else you can do in the woods or in the water. With over 125 stores across America, there is bound to be a Sportsman's Warehouse near you with not only the gear you need, but also the experts to help you get the most out of the product you purchase. Head down to your local Sportsman's Warehouse today or shop online anytime at sportsmans.com. That's sportsmans.com. We've got time for one more shot of Northwestern Outdoors Radio with John Cruz. I'm glad you're back because we've got a very interesting Sportsman's Warehouse trivia question of the week for you. And this one is about one of my favorite movies, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. You remember that one from back in the 70s. The stars were Paul Newman and Robert Redford. Robert Redford played the Sundance Kid. He was quite the gunslinger. And in real life, the Sundance Kid was Henry Longabaugh. But here is your question. Why was the Sundance Kid called the Sundance Kid? I will give you a little bit of a hint here. It has to do with Sundance, Wyoming. Pretty sure you're going to have to do some digging for this one. But once you do... Go ahead and go to our Facebook page at Northwestern Outdoors Radio. Look for the post thread where we have the question. Make sure you like and follow our page. That helps us out. And then give us your answer there. You can also email us through our website at northwesternoutdoors.com. And let us know how the Sundance Kid got his name. One lucky person who guesses right will win that $25 gift card we give away every week from America's Premier Outfitter. And whether you are hunting or fishing or wildlife watching this fall, Sportsman's Warehouse has everything you need. And if you're looking to do some early holiday shopping, definitely the place to go for any outdoorsman or outdoorswoman in your life. Last but not least, we've got an opening weekend hunting report from Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks, where the general rifle season opener in the Augusta area was met with wet, snowy, foggy, and windy conditions, leading to below-average hunter participation and harvest success. Only 164 hunters passed through the Augusta Check Station over the two-day opening weekend. That's 28% below the 10-year average. Although inclement weather typically leads to favorable conditions for big game hunting, the combination of cool, wet weather and low visibility had many hunters content to remain at home and wait for better conditions in the weeks ahead. Harvest success was also low with only 28 big game animals checked in, which is 36% below the 10-year average. Mule and white-tailed deer were approximately 5% and 39% below recent averages, and the total deer harvest included several deer that were brought to the check station by youth hunters during the two-day youth season on Thursday and Friday prior to the general opening day. Elk harvest amounted to just under half 
of a normal opening weekend. In addition to the deer and elk, one black bear and a variety of game birds were also checked. On the bright side, there's still plenty of animals out there for you in the Augusta area of Montana, so get on out there and see if you can bag one of them. And on that note, it's time to go. I'd like to thank our great guests today, Candy Yao, Meg Carney, and Connor Lease, as well as Jaime Rodriguez, and of course, David Sp- They all had some great info for you today. Here's hoping you get out there this November for some of the outdoors opportunities that are waiting for you. Until next time, take care, God bless, and make it a point to spend some time outdoors. Outdoors.